afternoon good evening welcome to today's episode of musings with jesus my name is shola i'm your host thank you for joining me i hope you're well i hope all is good with you in your world i hope everything is fine with you and um you know today i just want to you know i'm they just certain things i'm just gonna jump right into it <laughs> let me just put it that way you know there, there's some things that I med- there are some verses in the scripture, in the Bible, that I meditate on, like, every now and then, pretty often, compared to the others. The reason why I meditate on them, or why they come to my mind often, is because it's so different from what I see around me. It's so different from what I, what I hear around me, and I mean even in Christian faith circles. It's so different from what... Is preached it's so different from what is practiced it's so different from what is modeled it's so different from what the focus of things generally are so one of them is um, in fact one of this one is I think right up at the top of it I can't I can't think of anyone that is worse than this one uh, there, there are some that are like it but I can't think of any that is worse so one of them one of in fact, maybe I, I should start collecting all the scriptures and putting them to one side because I think there are things that if I need to keep them top of mind just so that I am I make sure I do not get caught up in the spirit of this age or rather that I deliver myself fully because I've already been caught up in it but you know I think the process of deliverance is on so the book of first John chapter 2 verse 15 to 17 reads and this is um john you know um one of the johns i don't know which of the johns one of the one of the um how would i say cons the negatives of going to seminary is that you find out a lot of things that you wish you didn't find out for instance you know the authorship of john is contested and nobody's really sure which of the johns wrote it you know but it's still bible it's it's the word of god is in the canon but i always assumed it was the same john of the apostles but some people say it may be it may not be so we don't know but anyways the first book of john whichever john it is a lot of people think it's the same john anyways but you know but either way the book first book of john chapter 2 verse 15 to 17 he's now talking to i think generally just the body of believers and he says do not love the world neither the things that are in the world if any man loves the world in quotes in brackets in brackets i mean implied in that is if any man loves the world and the things in the world the love of the father is not in him he's not even giving opportunity for you to say okay maybe this is not what he means okay there's an exception he says the love of the father without exception is not in such a person he says for everything for all that is in the world he now lists the things that are in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world and the world passes away and the lust thereof but he that does the will of god will abide forever these three verses this passage every time i read it as the number I, I i get blown away because i'm like he's telling us we shouldn't love the world he's also saying we shouldn't love the things that are in the world in other words set my emotion set my focus set my attention set my my happiness, my joy, my pleasure, my sense of being, my confidence, my assurance, my aspiration, my ambition, my life's quest should not be in the things that are in the world. Please, can somebody, are, are you there? Can somebody tell me, what are we doing in Christianity? Let's, let's look at what are the things that are in the world. Okay, 
the world system is this world that we see around us this whole financial system political system spiritual system that is very much anti-god and all that any other religion apart from christ fine okay good that system is both physical it's also you know it's visible and invisible but yeah that's so that world system you can call it illuminati whatever you call it but yeah that world system we see it we experience it it's like the matrix fine so i'm, I'm that that is clear there's no reason for me to love that world system because that world system is actually evil it's the same world system that made sure that jesus was crucified that also went after the apostles made sure all of them were murdered and killed it's the same system that still hounds christians to today preserve some societies that you know actually actually go after believers believers persecuted those who wrote wrote the scrolls of the bible so much they paid for it with their blood so much that they had to hide it in places you know the whole history of how the word of god came to be and the prophets of god how they've been hounded it's this same world system anti-god anti-christ the same system that satan sits all um, over that also hounded christ until his death until he was crucified he was resurrected and then went after his followers that same system we understand it it's this evil system it's the system that makes it so difficult for anybody that is honest and transparent to get ahead in this world but then if you are wicked you are crooked you're a liar you're a thief you're a murderer you will certainly get ahead until the law of sowing and reaping comes and hits you in the butt. and for some people they even escape that um karma in this world but they definitely cannot in the, in the next so we understand at least i understand that world system because i see it. it's a very unjust system it's an unfair system and it's a, it's a system that is rigged in favor of things that are not right, things that are not transparent, things that are, you know, of, of very low values. And this is a universal phenomenon. And it's, 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 it makes it easier for you to do the wrong and the bad thing than to do that which even you yourself know that is right and is good as it, and is, you know, self is, is, is promotes the collective interest as well as your long-term personal interest in a good way. But when the Bible now says, you know, so so, me not loving that world system is quite easy because what is there to love in a system that is crooked, that, you know, doesn't care about homeless people, doesn't care about poor people, rewards the rich and punishes the poor. Tack, you know, I mean, what is there to love? Yes, I, I mean, I hate that system. <laughs> and of course, the system that upholds the inequalities we see in the world, gender inequality, racial inequality, um, you know, whatever you may call it, um, country inequality because some people first world some people second and third world makes it so difficult for the third world countries to break out of the shackles of dependency and underdevelopment that they have been put under continues to steal rape and plunder these societies and these communities and these nations walking through very willful proxies who are empowered and supported to continue to rule their people in the most abysmal and destructively criminal ways i'll just leave it at that yes that world system is very easy for me not to love it. In fact, I detest it with everything that is in, in me. Fine. But the way you now bring it to the part two, it says we should not love the things that are in the world. They, they, you, are, you are really <laughs> you are getting into my personal space. Because what are the things that are in the world? My house, my car. Um, and it says things, so my, my clothes, my shoes, jewelry, money, financial assets, investments, my job. Those are the things that are in the world. The thing, you know, it's, it's, it's basically talking about things that I will live, that are here, that are part of this worldly existence or earthly existence that I have, and they will not transfer beyond here. It says I should not love them. I shouldn't love my job. 
I shouldn't love my car. I shouldn't love my career. I mean, you know what I mean as by love. I'm not saying you shouldn't love it and have passion. But what I'm saying that, in fact, he's telling you not to love it. He's <laughs> telling you, know, you understand? You should not love it. That's what he's saying. You shouldn't. That if as a Christian, you love these things, you really do love these things, then, you know, he says the love of the Father is not in you. That it's not possible for you to have the love of the Father and the love of the things in the world coexisting with the love of the Father. Why? Because they are two different planets. And there's another scripture that um, I think in Corinthians or so that Paul talks a, a lot about. When he talks about the carnal mind being en- enmity with God. Friendship, okay, he says friendship with the world is enmity with God. It's just the way God is. So look at God. God is not a transient person. He's not a person that owns things. I mean, like, even when Jesus was on earth, he lived the most past life. He literally walked around with the clothes on his back, moved from city to city preaching. And there's even a place where he says foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his nest. He, he By the time he started preaching, he left home and he was just going from place to place, preaching, you know, mountains, sheep, boats, that's where they were. And, you know, they, they moved into villages. If they received them, they stayed in any house. Whatever it was, they gave them to eat, they ate, you know. He, he was, you know, he was just really about um, doing the will of God. Now, not all of us, definitely not all of us will have to live that Jesus itinerant preacher life. But the point is that what he, um, the, um, the book of John is saying here is that regardless of where we find ourselves in this journey of Christendom and life, faith and life and love in Christ in this modern world, in this contemporary world, in this um, fraught and, how would I say, flawed universe, I am not supposed to love the world not the things that are in the world. And honestly, I'm like, are you are you feeling my sense of shock? Because every time I read this thing, I'm like, really? Because all I see that is happening in the church around me, both, I mean, in the church of Christ as in a spiritual body and as in the local churches, physical buildings where people gather, it's celebration of the things that are in this world. Celebration of I bought a new car. Celebration of I got a new job. Celebration of, you know, I graduated from whatever. I don't, in fact, I, I, the knowledge celebrations, I think, are excluded from this because knowledge is, 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 is an intangible thing. It's not, you know, it's one of those things that it's like an investment in yourself, in your mind, in your development, which, which is also useful to the kingdom. So I won't even put all those ones in that space except you are now celebrating it as a thing of a social status thing and you're, you know it now makes you feel like you're better than other people then there's an issue with that um but then that's all we're celebrating i've never seen anybody coming to celebrate or give a testimony oh i you know i preached the gospel or you know god you know god used me to deliver someone or you know i prayed for this person the person goes better although sometimes you do get those but it's more about or about how you discipled somebody somebody was delivered from drug abuse you know those sort of real spiritual ministry impacts led things those things that are counterculture in the world you know you going out of your way to help someone through their most difficult days and their most difficult lives we hardly say that what we see is i i i self 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 my life my life my life things that in fact, the worst thing is we celebrate perishable things. Perishable things. 
and in fact before I, before I did this music I actually you know just made an order for something that I'm buying and it's pretty expensive and and I feel like I need it but sometimes I really wonder do I really need these things so I'm always conflicted making some of those purchases because I'm like it's so easy to get invested in the things of this one and I'm this kind of person I have this issue where I am an extremist I don't know how to balance things it's a, it's a major problem for me so when I start shopping I overshop so I, I then have to stop as in literally stop so sometimes I just stop and then I stop but that um, culture of shopping just a little I, I really don't have it I don't know how to do it I try but then I, I, I always want to like do everything let me just buy all I need now and then sometimes I look at it after I'm like did I really need to have bought all of this now I'm always buying ahead, you know, I'm a bulk buyer. And it's always because I think, oh, I don't have enough time to do this again. Let me just get this out of the way. But I do wonder, I do wonder, because these are all the things that hold you. I actually have, you know, yeah, like sometimes, like throughout, the, there are times I just like a whole year not buy it. Once, once I start, oh Lord, I just, I, as before I stop, it's terrible. But thank God it's not a 365, you know, I'm not like a shopaholic round the clock kind of thing. But I do tend to, like, if I'm, even if I'm buying books, I, t- I overbuy. You know, it's, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I have a real, it's something I really need God to help me work on. So God, I, maybe this is me doing, you know, this is almost like self-therapeutic kind of thing. Because I, I, I sometimes, like, for instance, I bought some sets of academic books recently. And when I, when, now that I, some of them are there and they're really useful, and of course you buy online, so you're not really sure what you need. But I ended up repeating some things because I bought some in bundles, I bought some singles. In the process, some of the bundles had some of the singles. I don't know why I didn't check it. And it was, this were not, this is not cheap purchases at all. And then now that they're all here, I'm now like, isn't this book a repetition of this book? You know, why did I buy, you know? But okay, I'm like, fine. It's, it's, it's useful, I'm assembling a library this is value to not be useful if it achieves the purpose it's fine but I ask myself, I still ask myself am I, you know, because these are subtle things that can really get us and damage our life in Christ the things in the world are very enticing they're very enticing I mean I'm someone if you come into my I have a lot of clothes. I have a lot of clothes. I had to. The Holy Spirit has, is always leading me on when I I give them away. Like last year, I gave out like five massive bags. You can't. When I say massive, you can't imagine how massive these bags were. Five massive bags. They filled an entire car. And I still had clothes left in my wardrobe. Now I've added up a little bit more. You know just to because i saw some deficiencies in the world fine a lot of those other clothes didn't fit i try i really try sometimes i just think i should just give everything away and just be left with like four or five things the reason why is it's not because i think that that will make god love me more it's because i realize that these things have a hold you know they hold they have a hold on you like gold like jewelry thank god i've been delivered from that one when i used to buy you know gold jewelry and all that because you can never have enough never never and this is how the devil reigns people in gold is the greatest in fact i think out of everything gold is the i don't know the attraction there's probably some 
I don't know, I haven't done any study on it, but there's probably something about gold that is so seductive. Because once you start getting used to buying gold, it's like a drug. You won't, you won't stop. And many of us in those days were caught in it. Until eventually the whole costume jewelry and then, you know, ceremonial jewelry came in. But even then, because some of those things now are quite pricey. They're beautiful when you wear them, but they are so expensive. And it's not just the expense. The the way your heart, oh, you're so happy when you get one. I'm really going on off on a tangent here. Yeah, I'm sure you can tell. But I'm just realizing this, this, you know, so maybe this is, maybe, maybe this is why this thing really gets to me. Because where is the space for God in my heart? When, if I'm lost in after all these things, all, all these things mean so much to me. Because God is intangible. I mean, as in he's invisible, not intangible. He's actually tangible, but he's invisible. And he operates on a completely different realm. And his world is not, a, you know, doesn't have all these material things that have money values attached to them. He's, in his world, everything is eternal. And when the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul it means that in god's currency in god's value system in god's economic system in god's how will i say waiting system the value of my soul is much higher than the value of anything i may own in the world it's it's higher than the value of bill gates wealth jeff bezos wealth elon musk's wealth and all the richest people on in the on the planet because he says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and everything in it and loses his own soul? Has all the Ferraris, have all the broken bags, have all the homes, the luxury homes in Monaco, has all the rich castles in the world, the 25-bedroom mansions with, you know, massive grounds in Bel Air. I mean, just imagine it has private jets running into thousands. Jesus and God say that that is a waste. It has no profit. If in the process of gaining those things, acquiring those things, you lose your own soul. Now, my issue here is, okay, fine. I guess we'll spend the whole life, I will spend the whole life trying to understand this. What I'm struggling to also understand is why we are doing something different. Not only in our closet practice of Christianity, but even in our public practice of Christianity and in our, our faith gathering practice practice of Christianity, we're celebrating building of buildings. We're celebrating commissioning of, um, of, of roads or, or whatever. You know, we're not... We're celebrating everything that this scripture is telling us that we should not lay our hopes and our hearts in. Now, if it was only this scripture that was talking about this, we would say, okay, maybe this was just an outlier scripture. The Bible says in the word of mouth of two or three witnesses, every word and every doctrine will be established. There are at least two or three. In fact, there are many more talking about this, that we should not love the world and the things not in the world. Let me read another one. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, If you are risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. You see the same word. It's saying things on things Set your affection on things above. So, 
For you are dead and your life is now hid with Christ in God. Therefore, when Christ sees our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. Therefore, mortify your members which are on earth, on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is linked to greed and the lust for things. And it says, which is idolatry. So in actual fact, for many of us, self-included, gold, possessions, they have become idols. That is why God says there is no space for the love of those things as well as the love of God. That there is no space. And we are trying to do the two together. (laughs) Jesus said in another place, you cannot love God. Let me even read the other one that talks about uh, moth nor rust can corrupt. So in Matthew 6, 19-21, Jesus said, do not lay up for yourself treasures upon earth. Aha. So he brings it home here. This is Simon, Simon on the Mount. Do not lay up treasures for yourself on earth. Treasures where moth and rust will corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. So what I like about Jesus and some of this statement is that he doesn't give room for misinterpretation or ambiguity. So any treasure on earth that can be, that can rust, which is like cars, metal steel kitchen cabinets you know or moth it can decay in other words your houses your lands your money it says or thieves can break through and steal that's that's jewelry in fact that that covers everything in fact what i will do maybe separately now is if i think of things that moth can rust or corrupt i i think almost that should give me a sense of what jesus is talking about here because Anything that thieves can break through and steal, that's smartphones, that's TV, movable items, that's jewelry, that's cash. The moth and rust, dust corrupts, are those things that the thieves may not easily be able to move because they are heavy items, but they can decay. For instance, a house, I know, because, I mean, there's a house that we have, no one is living in it, and yes, it's, it's decaying. Not that, I mean, yes, moths, we're having all those kind of issues. Rust, yes, it's happening. So he says we should not lay up for ourselves treasures upon earth he says but lay up for yourself treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust can corrupt it and where thieves cannot break through or steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also so the more i am spending time <clears throat> laying up treasure for myself on earth that is where my heart is oh that's exactly where my heart is and I'm still thinking that I'm serving God. So, Holy Spirit, you just have to explain this because I'm, I'm really wondering, and this is something I'm really, I really struggle with in my life, is that should I just, you know, how do you balance this? Because you still need to have a life. You still need to be able to fend for yourself and have a sense of living. I think it is that laying up thing. That, you know, laying up thing, like the young guy who... The young um, ruler, and I'm out of time here, but this is really getting interesting for me now. So in Mark 10, 17 to 31, there's this example um, shown us of when Jesus met the rich young ruler. And I think this man epitomizes the kind of person who had laid up his treasure on earth. And his those those the treasure had him. His heart was in those treasures. And let's look at the conversation that he and Jesus had. So when Jesus was going off forth in his way, there came one person running and he kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So this man was a devout man who really wanted to serve God. And Jesus said unto him, Why do you call me good? There is no one good but God. But you know the commandments. It says, Don't commit adultery, don't kill, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't cheat anybody, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all this have I observed from my youth. <laughs> 
Then Jesus looked at him. And the Bible records that he loved him and he said, wow. And he said unto him, but there is one thing that you lack. Go your way and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And you shall have treasure in heaven. And come, take up your cross and follow me. And he says that the rich man was very sad at what Jesus said. And he went away grieved. <laughs> For he had great possessions. Very wealthy guy. And Jesus looked around about and said unto him, his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? You know, and then that conversation went on. And then Jesus and the disciples were shocked at his words. But Jesus answered again and said unto him, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And then he goes on, How then can we be saved? You know, and then he said, With men it is impossible, not with God, for with God all things are possible. So he then goes on to talk about, you know, if you have left your father, mother, and this you receive a hundredfold now in this time so he said you will receive blessings but i think there is a giving away there is a blessing that comes from god but it has to be a blessing that comes from losing yourself first you first have to give everything up back to god somehow because if you are like this rich young ruler or if i am like this rich young ruler and i trust in riches there's no space in my heart for god there's no space in my heart for God. Also in Matthew 6, I think, yeah, in 33, Jesus tells us, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There is a lot, these things, this thing, this thing about things, about our relationship with things on the earth, is a recurring theme in several places in the Bible. There's another place that tells us that the love of money is the root of all evil. But I really like this one we read earlier in Matthew when it says lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also so if my treasure is in on earth in my assets on earth and in acquiring assets on earth that's where my heart will be that's where my love will be there's no space for my God in my life I can go to church every Sunday. I can be the most wonderful person. I can do this podcast a hundred times. But if I'm laying up treasures on earth, that's where my heart will be. All of it will profit me nothing. Hmm. I I don't understand. I'm really struggling. I, I think... <laughs> but I think this other scripture, Mark 10, where it says... It is very difficult for those that trust. It's not trusting riches. But I'm like, if you acquire the riches, there's, you will almost certainly trust in it. Because why are you acquiring? So I think the only way not to trust in the riches is to be giving it out as you are getting it. I think that's the only way. Because otherwise, you will begin to trust in it. Because really, why are you acquiring it? You're acquiring it to give yourself a good life. You're thinking of the next generation. You're beginning to trust in riches. You're thinking that money is going to secure your future. It's going to secure your children's future. So you are trusting in it, you are, not, you are no longer trusting in God. I am trusting in it, I am no longer trusting in God. And I know this is the Lord speaking to me because I I, I can't say that I am, I am I'm immune from this. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I think I still trust in material wealth to a very large extent. I trust in God, but I also... And I want to get the right balance in terms of what God is saying here and what, how he wants me to practicalize this. But 
I started off by saying what surprises me is the difference between what the Bible says and what we do. So you don't get to change the Bible and pick and choose what you want to do. Otherwise, let's throw the entire book away and just live our lives. But if we agree that this is the word of God and the words of Jesus should be taken seriously, particularly when they are confirmed over and over in certain places, I find it funny that in our faith circles, we do not talk more about these things. We do not share examples about this. And we do not show how someone can live this out in a practical sense or even lead ourselves in prayer to say that what should we do this and i think the most important thing is the condition of the heart but a situation whereby one believes or we are being raised in a materialistic way to believe that financial blessings are, is the only is the best thing that you can acquire to and to have a lot of money and a lot of wealth is an is, is a demonstration that god is with you there's nothing in the bible that shows that rather on the contrary not the love of money is, is described as the root of all evil. Anybody that acquires treasures on earth to the point that his heart or his or her heart is inside those treasures, is the love of the Father is also not in that person. In fact, we are told not to love the things that are in the world. We can use them. We can acquire them for the purposes of using them, blessing other people and meeting our needs. But we are not supposed to lay up treasures that bring us to a state of trusting in riches we're not supposed to love money so meanwhile these are all the things we are doing we are doing it we are doing it we are well in my society here we are worshippers of money while 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 proclaiming ourselves to be christians i'll stop it here because i'm really really out of time but this is just food for thought i think you know my prayer is that god will help me understand these things more and but really we have to take it at face value maybe it's because one doesn't really just want to i can't imagine a life <laughs> you know because if it was something else god was telling me to do like stop you know doing this scene or that i would i mean there's no discussion why is it that i need to discuss this so yeah i think i personally and i speak for myself i i think that sometimes depending on what, you know, how God leads you. I think this advice he gave the rich young ruler, some of us, we, we, we need to follow that advice sometimes because if those possessions have become a stronghold in your heart and your life, eh, bless some people, you know what I'm saying. I, I honestly think that, I think particularly when I'm not talking to people who don't have money, if you don't have money, you're still struggling to pay your bills. Sorry, this is not talking to you. I'm talking to the people who are wealthy. Not everybody gets to the point where you can lay up treasures but if you're somebody who's really seeking God and you want to do the things that are pleasing in his side and you want to leave this earth and be to um, go to heaven, you this this is actually this scripture is really not talking to everybody. It's talking to people who are rich, but also people who aspire to be rich. As a Christian, we should be more focused on God helping us to meet our needs. There's something about laying up treasure that lays us open to the deceptions of the de- devil and another music will talk about the deceitfulness of riches they're all linked god keeps warning us about money about possessions about things on this earth because this is what the devil uses to enslave people so don't we as christians shouldn't think that christianity will insulate uh, you know insulate us from that it's a lie we it's like it's like it's like eve she ate the forbidden fruit you know you, you get enslaved it's not oh because i'm a christian because god protects me therefore no you will be enslaved like every other person a chain is a chain is a chain the chain doesn't want to know whether it's chaining you know the person who made the chain even the person that you know you can be chained once you have it you'll be chained you know 
uh, thank you very much for listening um i i'm in fact i'm just like i i I'm, I'm speechless but thank you for listening god bless you stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ amen <laughs>